and you can put on that. Uh, hopefully that's going to work. Cool. Got a short video for you before we begin. such a place in the body of Christ right now that people are calling good evil and evil good. Do you know that there's demonic doctrine out there that says you can do whatever you want, it's grace, hey back off, and it's perverting the very truth of what godliness means. False grace slips in because there's no relationship there. So I'd rather tell you now than you go to hell for believing it later. We're listening to the devil. We're being manipulated by the liar. And God forbid you learn how to heal the sick. Then heal them and think that's okay and sleep with your girlfriend. That's not okay. It doesn't say deny the devil, pick up your cross and follow him. The devil's not your problem, you are. It says deny yourself, what self has to do with your thinking. There's a way that seems right to a man, and it's killing us. I love you, but I can't stand when the devil's doing. He's a manipulator, he's a liar. He's finished, he's cut off, and he's trying to recreate himself in your soul. I believe that we can actually be holy as He is holy. I believe we can. I know my Father's voice. He says, my sheep will obey my voice and the strangers they will not follow. There is a place in the love of God to live in a constant place of repentance every day to where my conscience remains soft, pure, clean, and holy. Word of God says, be holy, because I am holy. I want you just to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to go through verses 13 
through 16, and then put a mark or something in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. I want to show you and teach you in the scriptures and let the Holy Spirit show you that you can actually live in holiness, that there is a place in holiness that you will live in if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't work your way into holiness. There's no work that you can do. There's no religion that you can accomplish that can get you into holiness. There's none righteous, no, not one. But there's also the other side of that that says, oh, it's Jesus' holiness that's on me and I can live any way I want. And that's just as big of a sin. You can't work your way there. And once you're there, you have a choice to stay in it. And I want to share that and show you through the scriptures what God is saying about holiness and that you are really holy. It's interesting, again, that the, Deb said she started with the gold flag first. Well, the gold flag is the picture of um, his presence and his throne room. The white flag that was flown, and again, nobody knew, the, well, at least Sally Joe didn't. Deb knew the, some of the message, but the white flag means purity and holiness. The purple means his royalty, his presence. The words that were given today almost preach this message. He is calling you deeper, as the prophetic word was given through the worship. He is calling you deeper, as uh, the interpretation of the tongues message. We have a choice. Let me read out of First Peter. Everybody there? First Peter chapter 1. Let me read these scriptures. Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind and be sober, and rest in this hope. Fully upon, rest in this hope, fully upon the grace that has been brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Grace comes when you're a sinner and he pulls you into his holiness. He takes all of your junk, all of your sin, all your crud, all your dirt, and puts it on him. And then he takes that and puts it on the cross. And then he gives you his holiness, his purity, and sets you apart unto him. It's his imputed or given holiness that's on you. You are holy because he is holy because he's in you. And it's because his holiness is on you, you can then have a relationship with God. See, God cannot see sin. He absolutely cannot be around sin. There's no place he can get near sin because he's perfectly set apart unto holiness. He's perfectly pure. So any part of dirt or darkness that gets on him would break his pureness and holiness. He's not some egotist up there that's saying, oh, I don't like you because you sin." That's who he is, and he cannot be around it. So he made a way so that he could take the dirt and trash that got on us and take it off of us and put it on the cross and die in our place because any the, any, the righteous of sin is death. Anything that has sin on it has to die because it can't come into the presence of God. So he took and died for us and took it all and then took us into a place where his righteousness and holiness has filled us. And we are pure and holy in his eyes. Let me continue to read that. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, because, conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. 
There's a lot of people, a lot of Christian people who think that that's just unattainable. It is in your flesh, but it is something you can obtain by his imputed holiness upon you. And I want to try to keep this as simple as possible because this is basically really a Sunday school message that we should have all gotten way back then and understand. But many of us think that we can never be a holy or we think that because of the holiness on us that we can live the way we want to. Father God, right now I ask that your simplicity of your word just saturate the hearts and minds of everyone here in the mighty name of Jesus. And you touch them with these words in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Make this message so real to them so that they would understand it now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. See, sin is nothing more than dirt missing the mark, getting outside of holiness. Holiness is the position that you are, you are when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The one thing, though, that God does is he gives you free will. You can live in that place. You've been given something called the Spirit. What's the Spirit's name? Holy. Holy Spirit. You've been given the Holy Spirit to keep you and to train you and to teach you how to stay in this place of holiness. But if you want to, you can walk back into the dirt and filth, but you can never work your way back into holiness. You can never be religious enough to get back. You have to repent and have the blood of Christ cover you to get back into that place. And people don't get that. A lot of people don't get it. Look, let's look at Leviticus. I'm going to fill you with a lot of scriptures before we go to uh, Isaiah chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 19 is what Peter was actually quoting there when we just read it. It's it says in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, Speak to the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Well, I'm going to speak to the congregation of Cornerstone right now. Be holy, for the Lord God is holy. And let me give you the definition of holy in the Hebrew, what the Hebrew word holy means. It means kadash, which is holy, uh, that word Kadash Ruach is Holy Spirit, the breath of the Holy Spirit. Kadash is holy. It means set apart. You've been set apart from sin. You've been set apart from the world. Set apart, dedicated to a sacred purpose. Holy, sacred, clean, morally and ceremonially, ceremonially pure. It means to set apart something or someone for holy purposes. Holiness is separation from everything profane, defiling, and at the same time is dedication to everything holy and pure. Everything holy and pure you've been given in the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood. God is purely, purely holy. That's his attribute. There's no way, that's why, there's no way we can see God at any time in, our, in this natural state. Let me just quickly go through something here that's written in my Bible. Um, I'm going to share some of it with you. It is clear, it is clear to uh, call and make the ultimate choice of abandoning ourselves to the one purpose. We should abandon ourselves to this one purpose, it's saying. To let God be God through us, engulfed in the flames of holiness, yet wonderly, wondrously released from all competing affections. Every affection, everything that competes in our heart, all the fleshly things, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to 
release us from that and to walk in that place of holiness. We need to get this and understand this. You are holy because He is holy. But at the same time, you have a choice to stay in this place, in His presence. Or you have a choice to live in the world. It's the old flesh versus um, spirit that he talks about in Romans 8. To be carnally minded is death. Be spiritually minded is life and peace. To walk in the spirit, it says. To allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that he's supposed to do in you. That power was given to you by the blood of Christ. Amen. Matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 4 teaches us, it says this. Pursue holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The scripture says, without holiness, you're not going to see the Lord. Without holiness, you're not going to see the Lord. And you can't get there yourself. It's His holiness. So I'm going to just share a few things, and then we're going to spend a lot of time in altar ministry. And uh, I know Sally Joe said, you know, they need to come and kneel before the Lord. Well, you know, I'm going to ask every one of you before the service is over to come and kneel before the Lord and allow His holiness to get on you. That will be how we end today. But let me just share a few more things with you. I want to ask, have you really been born again? Because born again, what the simple term of born again means, that you're dead to the world. You have died to the world. You've been put into the grave. And then you've been resurrected in a newness of life in a kingdom called the kingdom of God in which the presence of God then shares his holiness, his attributes with you. How many remember about uh, five weeks ago we shared the, the attributes of God, the, the redemptive names of God? One of the redemptive names of God is um, Jehovah Kadash, which means I am the one who gives you holiness. I am the one who imputes holiness on you. I'm the one who sanctifies you in holiness, that means. It means that I, my holiness, is put on every one of you. It's not something you can earn. While you're yet a sinner, he died for you and gave you that. And you can accept it or you can live in the world. I want to share a few things. Um, one, three things. Understand that your life was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Every Christian's life has been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We become holy in relationship to Christ. Only in Christ do we become the righteousness of God. Remember that scripture in Corinthians 5.21? It's um, actually 2 Corinthians 5.21. You become the righteousness of God. How does that happen? It's not your righteousness. It's his righteousness on you. Does that make sense? Are you guys getting this? Maybe I need to make it a little more simple. I got people looking at me kind of like, <laughs> here's another one. Understand that the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you. The power of the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us. And the reason why the power of the Holy Spirit is in us is because it's His power that enables us to live in a place of holiness. He empowers us. The Holy Spirit is His name. The Spirit of Holiness is another name for Him. Here's the job of the Holy Spirit in you. To allow you to live under His power, to make you holy, to set you apart by the blood of Jesus, and to allow the kingdom of God to be part of you and allow you into a relationship with the king of the universe who can now touch you, see you, walk with you, be part of you because you've been made holy, because you've been made clean.
You cannot get into the presence of God with any speck of sin. There's people in here that have pet sins and pet little things, and oh, woe is me, I can't help but do these things. I want to tell you, if you're walking in that stuff and you're not walking in God, there's no way in, because there's no such thing as venial sin or mortal sin or any of that sin. It says, all sin, all sin separates you from the perfect holiness of God. All sin. So again, it's almost impossible for us without the power of the blood of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We've got to know and understand that. I hear people all the time talking about, boy, this is so hard. This is this. This is that. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. You can't do it in your own righteousness. I see so many Christians trying to walk in some type of religious righteousness. They can't walk in it on your own. The only way to walk in it is under the power of the Holy Spirit who's imputed you with the righteousness of God. Does that make sense? You guys getting this? Okay. Hello. You out there? <laughs> the other one um, I think I shared with you is, He is Jehovah Kadash. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. The Lord said, Consecrate yourselves to me because I am holy. I am your Lord. His divine nature was given to us. And that's in uh, Leviticus 20. I'm going to quickly go through some scriptures with you. In Colossians, before I do, I want to just share three other issues with us that I see over and over and over again. And those three issues is how I think the enemy attacks us. One is, the first issue is, is insecurity. It's a state of not being secure, not confident, not firm, not in faith and belief in these truths. When we're not in faith and belief in the truth of God, we are insecure. We're not in security. <laughs> Obviously, we're not in His holiness. We're not in that secure place. Insecurity is basically we're not secure in God. And many people live in insecurity. They're not secure. They don't understand that everything was given to them by the blood of Christ. And it's about just accepting His gift. And then allowing His Spirit to keep you in that place. That's that simple. And people don't get it. And somehow think that they have to somehow beat the flesh. The flesh has dead. Flesh has no right to get into the kingdom of God. The flesh is dead. You've been born again. The flesh died when you gave your life to Christ. You can't get there by doing good works. But once you're there, you can actually walk out. That's the sloppy grace message. It says, oh, I'm in grace now, and I've got the righteousness of God, so I can live any way I want. That's a bigger lie from hell, because there's a lot of people getting into that now, and it's so sad. The second one is inferiority. It's a state of feeling lower in position or stature or value than you really are. There's a lot of Christians that think that they're lower in position. You know what? In your flesh you are, but in the spirit you are as holy as he is. You're not lower in position because the position you've been put in is the blood of Christ is on you and you've been wrapped in the robes of his righteousness. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're an heir of God. And when you live in that place of inferiority saying that you're not or you can't be there, you're not there yet, that is a lie from the enemy. All both of those two lies come from the garden. It's the same lies. The third one is, is, oh, I'm defeated by this, I'm defeated by that. Oh, this is a struggle, I struggle in this area, and I just can't seem to, just can't get through this by this sin. You know what I'm going to tell you? That's simply disobedience. You call it what it really is. It's not some attack and struggle sometimes. It's just you're not obeying the scriptures. You'd rather walk in this sin than obey the scriptures. 
I'm going to be blunt with you today. A lot of what's going on in the Christian world today is just simple disobedience. They just won't believe what God says. And because they don't believe what God says and they won't obey what God says, they're wondering why they have troubles. Disobedience to the Word of God is going to keep you out of holiness. It's that simple. And you have the power to obey because you've got the Holy Spirit if you've been born again. You just choose not to. Call it what it is. It's your refusal to obey the Word of God. And it's simple to obey the Word of God if you allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in you. I know that sounds tough, but hey, as a pastor, i got to tell you those things. So I'm going to read some scriptures to you. Before I read some of these scriptures to you, um, out of Colossians, because in the book of Colossians, it talks about being in Christ, being in that place of uh, redemption with Him, being one with Him, being unity with Him. Um, let me just, I wanted to find a word that I had. Here it is. This is a word that the Lord gave me, and I want to share it with you because it goes along with this message. And this is uh, the word talking to each of you, not just to me. I have longed to unveil to you more of what it means to be one with me. Everything you once were before I gave you new life has ceased to exist. I am your true life, your identity. I recreated you in myself and gave you all that I am. You are as holy as I am in my eyes, and my face will always shine upon you. Allow my spirit to guard your precious gift of my holiness that I've given to you. I have placed my robe of splendor and beauty on you. No longer are you found unworthy and unclean, for I have set my holiness and my love upon you. That's God's word to you. He has set his love and his holiness upon you. God is not some big ogre somewhere that's saying, Oh, I can't be around you because you sin. God is saying, My nature is I can't be around that stuff, so I'm going to find a way to get you back into my love because I love you so much. So I'm going to go die for you and die in your place because the wages of sin is death. So I'm going to go die and take all your sin on me. So I'll take it all. Please give me all your sin, everything. And I'll put it on the cross and I'll die in your place. And now I want you to live in me and I'm going to give you all my righteousness and all my holiness and I want to live with you for all eternity. And that's the true love of God and who he really is and what he really wants to do with each and every one of us. He loves you so deeply and so much. So I'm going to read out of Colossians a few uh, scriptures here that just reiterate or just kind of drive this point home of his holiness imputed in us. I'll start with Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, and go all the way to verse 22. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Our hearts soar with gratitude when we think of how Father God has made us worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us. This is what every holy believer is qualified to experience by living in the light. Man, just those words alone. He has rescued us completely from the dominion of darkness. And by his love, he has translated us into the realm of his kingdom, where we are one with his beloved Son. For in the Son, 
All our sins are canceled. And we have release of redemption through the ransom price he paid, his very blood. You see, when we're in him, when we're in the Son, all the sins have been canceled. When we stay in the Son, when we stay in his sacrifice of his blood, we're pure, we're holy. Verse 15. He is the divine portrait of the two likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. And that's Jesus. For the Son created everything, both in the heavenly realm and in earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen. Seen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it was all created by him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made. So now everything finds its completion in him. Listen to that. Everything finds its completion in him. I'm, I guess I'm an everything. I mean, you were probably like part of that everything. You find your completion. It's in him. He is the head of the body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, we must also be embraced as the most, he must be embraced as the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. Jesus must hold first place in everything in our lives. For God is satisfied to have all of his perfection dwell in Christ. All of God's perfection dwells in Christ, and all of Christ dwells in us. All of God's perfection dwells in us. If you break it down, I'm going to say it more simply. And the blood of his cross, at the, and by the blood of his cross, excuse me, everything in heaven and earth is restored back to himself, back to its original intent, restored back. To innocence again. You've been restored back to pure innocence again. Hallelujah, by the blood of Christ. You getting this? Okay. Verse 21. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as a sin payment on your behalf, so that you would dwell in his presence. Because of what he did, we get to dwell in the presence of God for all eternity. And now there's nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as, listen to this now, I'm going to read this again, so I want you to hear this part. And now there's nothing between you and Father God, nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. That's how God sees you. That's how God sees you. Come on, somebody better be happy about that. God sees you holy, flawless, and restored because of the blood of Christ on you. He sees you completely holy, without stain or wrinkle, completely flawless, completely restored in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is so important. I know, again, this is simple, basic stuff that we got when we were in Sunday school, but sometimes we need to get back to it and understand what holiness is. The church needs to get back to holiness and purity, and the only way to get back to holiness and purity is to allow the Holy Spirit to mold us and shape us in it and to stay in that place and not to walk out of it. We have free will. Let me read one other section of Colossians, then we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 6, then we're going to have some altar ministry. 
Colossians chapter 3. For your new creation life is continually being renewed in the likeness of the one who created you. Wow. That's Colossians 3.10 I'm starting at, by the way. Giving you all the revelation of God. This is a gift. It's called grace. Because we didn't earn it. All we had to do was accept it and walk in it. And receive it. This is a new creation life. Listen to this. Your nationality makes no difference. Your ethnicity, ethnicity, that's a tough word for me to say. Basically, your ethnic background means nothing. Your education means nothing. Your economic status means nothing. They matter for nothing. For it is Christ that means everything, and he lives in every one of us. If you've been born again, all that other stuff really isn't a matter. What matters is Christ lives in you, and everything that he is is in you. You are always and dearly loved by God. So wear the garment of the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Once we accept Christ as our Savior, we've been divinely chosen to be holy. Holiness is a choice of ours, too. Listen what he says now. Here's some of the attributes we need to follow and keep in. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. And be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way that you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes a mark of our true maturity. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the Anointed One, who called you to peace as part of his one body. And always be thankful, overflowing with gratitude for your life union with Christ. He's made us in a place of life union and oneness with him for all eternity. Now listen, then the manifestation of God will live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. And this is uh, what transpired during our worship time. I'll read it again. Teach the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the psalms, with festive praises, with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously in the spirit. As the fountain of grace overflows within you, sing to God with all your hearts. One more verse. Verse 17. Listen. Please listen. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. And bring your constant praise to God, the Father, because of what Christ has done for you. Man, with all of our heart, with all that is within us, with everything we are, we need to praise him and worship him. See, we're dead and on our way to hell. And because we left holiness, because we left purity, because we left the presence of God through our descendants, through Adam and Eve that sinned, we were on our way to hell. But God found a way to impute his righteousness and his holiness into us. 
But in this place of imputed holiness and righteousness, you can choose to walk out and walk back and play in the world. And I don't know why, when we understand this fully and we get it through our heads and we get the simple message down, why anyone would ever leave that place. But many Christians struggle and walk out and feel the call of the world on them. I'm going to choose, before we get into Isaiah chapter 6, which is... I'll. Get your, keep your finger in there. Let me share something in the realm of nature that might help you. Um, there's an animal in the northern forests of, of Europe and Asia. Um, it's called an ermine. It's known for its snow-white fur. It has snow-white pure for, fur. And it's a little animal. Um, um, he instinctively protects his white coat against anything that would soil it. Fur hunters take advantage of this trait of the ermine in this way. Because the ermine wants to keep its pure white coat pure, he lives in the clefts of the rock or in a den that's in the clefts of the rock. And they can find out where he lives because in the snow they can see the tracks leaving. So instead of trying to dig up his den, what they do is they put all kinds of soil and dirt and oil and crud around the outside and where he starts to go in. And then they let their dogs free. Now this Irvine's, Irvine is out wherever. Their dogs are free. The dogs are chasing it down. It's heading to its den. But when it comes upon all this dirt and grime and filth, it won't pass through it. It won't get it on its pure white coat. It's purity. So instead of getting its pureness soiled in the world... The dogs come upon it, and it is captured and killed. And the ermine would rather die to the world than give up its purity. Are you willing to die to the world? You've been given purity and holiness by God. Why would you go back? and play in the dirt and grime of this world when such a high price was paid to give you that gift. Isaiah chapter 6, and if I can have the worship team come forward, we're going to have a, a time of a longer altar time today. I tried to shorten the message. Had a lot of happening during the worship time, but I'm going to read from chapter 6 of Isaiah. Because this picture of Isaiah seeing the temple of the king of the universe, the holy altar of God, is a picture of what happens to us when we get close to his presence. And it's a picture of how we became pure when Jesus Christ touched us. Let me read this starting in verse 1. And in the year that King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And the one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is filled with his glory. 
And the posts of the door were shaken, and the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke of his glory. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For the eyes, for I my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. At that moment he knew he was about to get killed. He in his filthy rags and his sinful state was coming into the presence of God and it was death automatic death because you can't go in that place and he woe is me forgive me woe and that's how we need to call out to Jesus woe is me forgive me woe I cannot go in the presence of the king but you made a way and listen look at what happens then one of the seraphim flew to me having his hand having in his hand a live coal which he had taken from the tongs from the altar so from the altar of his holiness he takes this live coal and he touched Isaiah's mouth with it and said behold this has touched your lips your iniquity has been taken away hallelujah and your sin has been purged he became white pure holy in the presence of God and that's what I'm calling you to today there may be some of you that never have been born again where you died to the world and where you got that imputed holiness on you when you've been born again left the kingdom of this world and walked into the presence of God in pure holiness and fire of God and today's the day that coal is going to be touched to your lips and maybe you've been in this place but you kind of just lost some of that fire today that coal from that altar is going to be placed on your lips and maybe you're just in there all the time but you want more today the coal of that fire will be touched in your lips there's not one person in here not one who is not in one of those three categories and I'm going to read this last verse and then I'm going to call every person up here including the prayer team and he said go and tell this people and in verse 8 it says also I heard a voice of the Lord saying whom will I send whom will go for us who will preach this message who will live in this place who in this house will go forward in Christ right now who in here will come up and give themselves totally over to this message who am I And the Lord said, Whom shall I send? And it should be the voice of every single one of you here. Lord, send me. I need to share this with others. I need to touch them with others. I need to let them see that there's a way out of death. There's a way out of eternal death. There's a way out of this. There's a holy place that you brought for us. The presence of God is available to us. Take the tongs and go into the fire of the altar and put that coal on my lips and purify me in your holiness. That's the call today. That's the altar call today. So I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up right now. I'm going to ask every person in here. I'm going to get kind of bold with you. I want every person in here because you fit into one of these three categories, every single one of you. Either you've not been born again into this kingdom and you will be today. 
You've been born again, but you're having some issues walking outside of that holiness. And you're having some issues. Some of you have some addictions. Some of you have some issues, some sin issues. I'm going to tell you right now, they will be burned off you in pure holiness. And some of you are in that place of holiness, but you just want more. Every single person's in that place. And I want you all to come forward now. Come forward. And I don't want anybody to leave until the worship team is done singing this song. I want you to listen to what they're singing. I want you to hear what they're singing. I want you to give yourself over to holiness. This is the altar. The tongues of fire are already there in the hands of the angels. And they want to touch each and every one of you. 